This is The Sharp Angle, every day on your favorite podcast player. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into The Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, uh, we're going to talk about winning, what it takes to win. You know, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny. There's a lot of people out there who claim to be winning sports bettors, and for the people who I've talked to, for the people who I've worked with since I've been doing this professionally, it's it's amazing how many people claim to be a winning sports better. And then whether you start working with them or follow them or kind of realize what's going on, there's really not that many of them out there. I mean, far more people claim to be a winning sports better than truly are winning sports betters, right? And winning is difficult. Winning is hard to do. When you really boil it down over the long run, winning is almost impossible. Now, it's not impossible because the market's not completely efficient. But if you spend a couple days on Twitter, you read some articles, you watch YouTube, you may think that these pros are everywhere out there. And it seems, frankly, like everyone today who has a Twitter account is giving picks out. And I thought it would be appropriate to talk about the process of winning, what it takes to win, and really the difference between being a professional better, right? A winning better, or just a normal better, anyone else. And winning does seem easy short term. And I'll say this winning is easy short term. It really is. I mean, when you boil it down to going 55%, because the math is, and we won't get too mathy on this, but. You know, if, if you're betting minus 110 sports, which we'll stick with 110 sports today, uh, minus 110 sports are football, uh, basketball, uh, baseball usually is not a minus 110 sport, but, you know, it it, it can be if, you, if you're betting uh, lines or, or run lines or things like that. But, but usually in baseball, you're going to take uh, money lines and things like that, just like in hockey and and uh, soccer and other sports. But, you know, the majority of you guys like to bet the NFL, college football, things like that. And generally, what a winning sports uh, percentage will look like is about 55%, because break-even with the uh, the vague that you're charged is 52.38%, right? So going 55% is actually wildly, wildly uh, profitable. Just to give you guys an idea of how profitable it is, again, if you're going 55% and the uh, break-even percentage is 52.38%, that means you're working with a about a 2.62% edge. And if you have a 2.62% edge, that is incredible. I mean, that's way more than uh, Blackjack. The, uh, the house operates with about a 0.5% edge. You know, Craps, the house operates with about a 0.8% edge. And those games make Las Vegas a lot of money every year. So if you can go 55%, I know this sounds cliche and it's kind of over the top, but it's essentially, you know, a license to print money. And when you think about it short term, going 55% only means winning five more games every hundred, right? To hit that fit to that to 55%. Now it sounds easy, but when you get more and more games, the start the, the, the more data you get and the bigger sample size you get, the bigger the discrepancy is, right? You start to understand and notice what these numbers mean. And again, when you go 55%, the average person out there, everybody is expected, unless you're a professional, everybody out there is expected over the long run to go 50%, you know? I mean, picking games is a 50-50 proposition. At worst, you're going to pick the, 
team A or team B. That's how most betting works, right? You're going to take the Patriots minus seven or the Broncos plus seven. You're going to pay minus 110 for each pick. It's not tough to be a winning sports better over the short term. Now, if you're going 48% over the course of, I don't know, a month or a season, you're actually about 2% worse than expected. So everyone out there, if you just pick norm, pick random games, that's the same thing as being a normal sports better. Because the idea is normal sports bettors can't really distinguish between the sharp, sharp, sharp bets or uh, the normal bets and or bad bets. And again, if you have 55%, that's only five more out of every hundred. Well, that's short term. But like I said, everything's about long term, right? Anyone can have a good week. Anyone can have a good month. Hell, anybody can have a good season. I I always wanted to do this, and I I might soon. You know, I I wanted to have my dog pick games, right? We would uh, maybe put two tennis balls down, like right team A, team B, and just have my dog pick games. I promise you, my dog would hit a lot of eight and two runs. And she'd also hit a lot of two and eight runs, right? (laughs) But my point is, if my dog goes eight and two picking tennis balls, there's no way in hell I open a Twitter account and start trying to sell picks on her last 10 games. When if you spend a little time on Twitter, you spend a little time looking online, that's what a lot of people are doing. That's why it's so important. It's crucial that you understand why picks are made. Or you trust the source of your picks. You know that whoever you're getting your picks from does a lot of work and they have a vast, vast history of winning. Well, how vast, right? What does that mean? Like, again, you go 55 and 45, hey, that's a professional percentage. That's a winning sports better. But that's small sample size. And even if you spend the, the, uh, an entire season betting games, I don't doubt a lot of people out there have gone 55, even 60% over the course of a season. But if you expand that and you extrapolate it, Let's take 10,000 games, right? Every 10,000 bets, you have to go 5,238 wins to 4,762 wins, and that's just a break-even. I'll repeat those numbers in a sec, but that's a break-even percentage. That's to not win a penny over the course of 10,000 games. Again, wins, 5,238. Losses, 4,762. That's a big, big discrepancy. And that's hard to do. And guess what, guys? If you're going 52.38%, you're breaking even. So again, winning short-term is easy. Winning long-term is very difficult, if not almost impossible, if you're just picking games, operating on a normal system. I mean, I think I've told you guys this before for the audience who comes back, you know, and we are growing fast. So thank you guys for all that. Uh, give us a follow on uh, Twitter, Sharp Angle Pod, and on, on Facebook as well. But, but I've been letting the audience know that, you know, I'm taking data science courses at uh, the University of Denver. I mean, I'm immersing myself in math and statistics and probability and data and model building and predictive analysis and machine learning. I'm doing this because... I want to take that next step. I want to be able to compete with the sports book. You know, these guys who just rattle off a couple trends and sell their picks on Twitter. Honestly, you know, I hate to use trigger words or whatever it is to piss people off, but these guys are kind of hacky. You know, you don't really want to get caught up in that world of sports betting because it's just not realistic. And again, back to, 
you want to follow people who know what they're doing, follow people who, who, who really put the time and effort into their picks and have a, a big track record of winning. That's why I think this podcast is good, right? You guys can hear me talk about these picks. You know, tomorrow we're going to be talking about UFC 254 this weekend. On Friday, we'll give our NFL picks for this weekend. And I try and go into depth why we like these games, why we're picking these games. So you guys get a good idea. It's really tough in one or two tweets to get a real deep handicap and have an idea of if someone's picking games the right way. And I'm going to be honest, often, you know, discovering the right way to pick games, it can be tough to distinguish the good betters from the bad betters. Some guys know how to dress these games up. Some guys know how to uh, make things sound good. You know, I mean, I'll give you an example right now. Let's you know, and anyone can just pick a random game. Anyone can just say, hey, we'll, we'll give an example for tonight's game, right? The Tampa Bay Rays and the LA Dodgers. It's the World Series game two tonight, right? Now, if what a lot of people do, whether it's Twitter or selling picks somewhere else or whatever, here's what people will do is they'll pick a side. They'll just randomize thing that seems going to win right on a whim, like they would make any other bet. And then they'll maybe give a couple trends to back it up. And you can make a game or make a pick sound really good by saying, I like this team for this reason, and that's it, right? But there has to be multiple layers to a handicap. I always say this, building a handicap is like uh, going to court and you know, it's like, it's like an attorney building a case. You don't just say one or two things. You have to have evidence upon evidence and, and not just circumstantial, but this and this. And everything has to add up in order to get a certain verdict. It's the same thing in betting sports. If you don't have a lot of different reasons to bet a team, you shouldn't be betting that team. Now, again, tonight's Tampa Bay LA game. Let's say someone out there likes Tampa Bay at, I don't know, whatever it is, plus 130. They'll say this, right? And I'm getting these trends off of oddshark.com, just one little website you can go to and quickly get some odds. Uh, I like the Tampa Bay Rays tonight, plus 130, only the fifth time in this postseason they've been an underdog. And get this, folks, Tampa Bay has held their opponent to under the expected team total eight of the last 10 games. Tampa Bay's also 6-1 and one straight up their last seven games against the National League. You want to know their last loss? It was last night. Do you really think that's going to happen again? I don't think so. We're going Tampa Bay. You see how good that sounds? I'm just randomly doing this too. I'm not, I haven't done any homework. I haven't done any research. I don't have a bet on tonight's game, but that sounded, that didn't sound too bad for Tampa Bay. What if you like the LA Dodgers? May sound something like this. All right, we're going to go Dodgers tonight, minus 140. LA, five and one straight up their last six games. Six and two, their last eight games when playing Tampa Bay, and the Dodgers team total has gone over six of the last seven games, meaning those bats are hot. We're on the LA Dodgers tonight, minus 140. You see how we can make both sides of a handicap seem appealing by throwing some bullshit stats out there, a couple trends, throw it away, whatever. This is often what you get on Twitter, and this is what scares me, is people who don't know what they're doing, people who haven't spent any time in the world of sports betting before, they don't understand the difference, you know? I mean, I saw, I think we all, you know, have heard of Vegas Dave before, right? I was looking at something yesterday. Somebody posted on Twitter, uh, <laughs> uh, Vegas Dave, he's like, you know, he's advertising something like a, a 71 and 10 record or something like that. And I mean, that's just laughable because, you know, more than that, just being not even true, probably, and extremely, extremely unlikely you can recreate that, it's irresponsible because, again, the new people, who don't have any experience betting sports. It's becoming legal in a new state, it seems, every couple weeks now. There's, there's going to be so many hundreds, hundreds, maybe even hundreds of thousands 
of people who have never done this before, who were going to go on Twitter, go online and see, oh, wow, this guy's 71 and 10. He's selling his picks. I'm going to buy those. Not understanding that selling picks and advertising some fake record is not the same thing as being a real professional sports better. And on that note, you know, Twitter professionals, or should we put some quotes around that, Twitter pros, they're even worse. I mean, at least Vegas Dave shows his face. You know who he is. There's a lot of accounts, probably hundreds of accounts on Twitter. They have like, <laughs> you know, pictures of Las Vegas as their Twitter or as their uh, profile picture or, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger smoking a cigar. And it's like, holy cow, you see these guys with tens of thousands of people following them. You wonder how many people just waste their hard-earned money on these, you know, guys who really don't know what they're talking about. And if you hear or see someone advertising a 10 and 3 weekend, that's simply luck, nor is it sustainable nor is it repeatable on a regular basis. And on the same note, keep in mind, if you see someone advertise a 3 and 10 weekend, that's likely some bad luck. The average winning percentage for most people out there is 50%. 5 and 5, or however many it would be in 13, you know, 6 and 5, or uh, uh, 7 and 6, or 6 and 7, whatever, that is to be expected. This whole idea of someone going 10 and 3 and then thinking that they can sell you picks is laughable, right? And I myself, I say this all the time, on my weekend picks, I get in, I give the picks, I get out. We really don't do deep, deep dive handicaps, and you guys can choose to follow those games or not. But, you know, my, my listeners who've been here for a long time understand that we're winning more than we're losing. But guess what, guys? I'm going to have a lot of losing weekends. I'm going to have a lot of winning weekends too, probably more. But, you know, fill up a tennis, uh, fill up a trash bag with 55 green tennis balls and 45 red tennis balls and then randomly pick five out of there you're gonna get a lot of you're gonna get a lot of clumps uh four reds and, and one green and you're gonna get a lot of clumps uh four greens and one red you know i mean it's small sample size you can't tell anything from it and frankly small sample size is a season. I mean, anyone can have a good season. It's about repeating that year after year and counting on your picks, understanding that you truly have an edge against the house. And back to these people who are selling picks, I just like to be honest and upfront. And, and I think that's my main goal on here, right? That's the goal of the show. That's really the goal of handicapping is to get past the bullshit. And to be honest, get past the headlines, get past all that, right? Just being honest, being true and looking at really what's going on in the field. That's what handicapping comes down to. And my issue with these people on Twitter or anyone selling picks isn't necessarily the fact that they're selling picks because you know what? That's fine. If you like selling picks and you like making games and you want a little social media following, I think that's a good thing, but it ends up being, you know, people follow these guys expecting that they're going to make money on top of the subscription charges, which we're not even going to get into that because some of these guys are charging, you know, like $1,000 a month, 2000 a month. It's like, holy shit, you do realize that you're digging into profit margins greatly by doing that. But I don't necessarily think these are bad people. I don't necessarily think all of them are going onto Twitter to, to scam anybody. I think that, you know, a lot of those people fall into one or two categories. Either they're, you know, good guys who like betting, who need subscribers to really count on a sustainable income because they're not winning sustainably, right? So their their mindset has to be, well, hey, as long as I can get X number of dollars a month and we're going to go 50% worst case, right? It's tough to tell short term who's good and who's not because like I just said, the law of small sample size says anyone can have a good week, a good month, right? Even a good season. Anyone can do that. 
And so I don't think these people are necessarily scam artists who are looking to get on and take your money. I think a lot of these guys enjoy picking games and they want to share that with people, but they don't understand the irresponsibility that a lot of people out there who don't know what they're doing are putting their money on these games and losing their money. And the second option would be, and I think this is actually pretty rampant, on, especially on Twitter, is a lot of these guys kind of have an addiction, you know? Sports betting is addictive. Sports betting can get addictive. The rush, the feel, the dopamine rush when you win. And they need subscribers to fund that addiction. Because again, I've never in my entire career met a professional who spends all day on Twitter touting picks, touting their records. I mean, really, <laughs> really when you think about it, it's kind of ridiculous. You know, some of these guys intentionally and some unintentionally are scamming you out of your hard-earned money that you're making at your job. And again, I hate using the word scam. It's such a kind of a trigger word these days. And I don't want to be too hard on a lot of these guys because again, I don't think that they're really bad people, but I don't think it's, I don't think they understand what they're doing. I believe a lot of these are younger people who are new at sports betting, who think it's fun and see everyone else giving picks. So they think they can give picks too, and they get a couple followers. And before you know it, they're charging money for it, you know, but winning long-term is much, much, much different than winning short-term. And if you guys listen to my show and you think that I'm one of these hacks or anything like that, by the way, I've never charged a penny for any of my picks I give out. You don't have to follow my picks, but what I like to do is give the knowledge. Actually, I'm more about that, right? I, I'm more about teaching you guys to fish instead of giving you fish. We still do the weekend picks. I'm still going to get picks for UFC and football coming up this weekend and all that. I think it's good. I think actually the ratings show that you guys really enjoy those. My highest rated shows are the weekend shows, but well, I think what's more important is during the weekdays that you guys understand how to handicap a game, the process of going into a game. And you're going to hear this on tomorrow's show for UFC, Friday's show for NFL. It's not just who you pick and throw in a couple trends out there. It's the approach. It's, it's more of an art than a science, right? You want to approach it from the way I do it is, you know, to go in depth, all these different angles, different ways. I'm a very, very math-based myself. So a lot of what I do is a starting point of, you know, very mathematic starting point, right? But Anyone, to repeat, anyone can have a good week. Anyone can have a good year. Or, uh, uh, anyone can have a good month. Anyone can have a good season. Once you're approaching a year, you're kind, you're you're usually typically dabbling in in approaching big sample size and big data. I think you need about ten thousand games, though. Once you have ten thousand games, you understand if you have an edge or not. Right? Even five thousand games, you could still there. There's still a small element of luck in that. Once you find out that you really have an edge, then you understand that every bet you make, if you do it the right way, is is generally probably going to be a profitable bet. Even if you lose, right? It's not about winning or losing the bet. I always talk about this. There are so many people. Uh, I, I have friends who do it. I know people who do it. People on Twitter do it. Who justify being a good better or a bad better or, or a bad uh, better by a win or a loss. It's like, what? Did you see that team? They won this weekend. It's like, dude, it's you. You have one of two chances. It's team A or team B. And over the long run, over a very, very long time, it is almost impossible to be a winning professional sports better. You know, and I see how difficult it is on a daily basis. I know the work I put in. I know the. I don't have time to spend all day on Twitter. I don't have time to go and say, hey, buy these pigs, look at these pigs, this was, I mean, some of these guys are tweeting every 30 minutes, every hour. It's like that you, and you quickly understand, right? After doing this for a living, that's their job. Their job is to be on Twitter. Their job is to be constantly being, they're like sports betting influencers, you know? Winning short-term, it's not just doable, it's easy. 
winning long-term is much, much harder. And when you talk about long-term, you got to do it for over a year, in my opinion, you know? And that's making all kinds of assumptions. That's making assumptions that you're only betting minus 110 games, which a lot of people don't do, you know? I mean... All of this 52.38 break-even percentage, that's if you're betting minus 110 games. If you're betting money lines in hockey and soccer, what you will often, often see is people taking the favorites, hoping the favorites win, and then your your, your break-even percentage skyrockets upward. You know, let's say you like to bet hockey and baseball money lines. Okay, let's say that you see, see someone on Twitter who only likes to bet hockey and baseball money lines. And they're putting a lot of, you know, favorites out there. And at the end of the season, their average bet was, I don't know, minus uh, 125, right? Now, you may think that's not that much over 110, minus 125. That's a lot of favorites, you know, some some uh, even monies, things like that. But if you really look at the percentage, if uh, let's do it real quickly, a little math here. If your average bet at the end of the year is, is minus 125, your break-even percent now goes up to 55.6%. You now have to be about a 57% winning sports better to be profitable. And what many people will do, and I see it all the time, they just hop on the favorites. They ride the favorites. They take the favorites because they like all those wins. They like getting those wins under their belt, artificially inflating that record. Because face it, folks, the favorites are going to win more than they lose, right? It's about identifying when to fade the favorites and things like that. But my point is... I would guess a lot of these people about their average bet at the end of a season is maybe minus 150, right? And if you're minus 150 for an average bet, your average bet's minus 150 at the end of the year, your break-even percentage has gone up to 60%. So if you think that you can go 62%, be a winning sports better, and you're only losing 38% of your games, you, you see what we're doing here, right? You, you understand the difficulty in being a winning better long term. It's not about a 10 and 3 record. It's not about going 15 and 1. It's not even about Vegas Dave's fake 71 and 10 record. It's about doing it for a very, very long time. And my main concern, and honestly, the main the, the thing I love is that my listeners understand this, and you guys, you guys really get a grasp for this, that not only is winning hard, but anyone can dress up a short-term record and make it sound good. The main thing is you understand why people make bets, the process of making bets, and really how difficult it is to be a winning sports better in the long run. So, all right, that does it for today's show. Hope you guys got a little something out of it. And I do want to reiterate, you know, I'm not trying to shit on anybody here. There's a lot of people who are decent sports bettors and they know and, and they know how to pick a game or two, but you know, mixing up someone who's pretty decent on Twitter with a true professional who does this for a living. Just be careful. You know, it's 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 not even a fine line. It's a huge, huge gap between these guys. But short term, anything's possible. Just don't get caught up in it. And if you are one of these Twitter touts who, and it's funny, after, every time I do one of these shows, I get like 10 people who unfollow me on Twitter. It's like, okay, they thought I was talking about them, got a little sensitive, whatever. I don't mind. I don't mind losing 10 listeners to get the audience good information. And if you are one of these Twitter touts, I mean... I, I don't even know what to, you know, I, I, again, I'm not trying to shit on anybody here, but the truth is, and the reality is for people who know what they're doing, it's just not good business practice. But 
I, I think a lot of people out there honestly say, fuck good business practice. I'm going to make my money and keep selling my picks and doing what I need to do. And I guess that's the way the world works. But all we can do is be educated, understand the process of being a true winning sports better, and make the best picks we can make and follow the smartest people we can follow. So, all right. Uh, hope you guys win with whatever you've got tonight. And uh, tomorrow, UFC 254 preview. We'll talk to you then on The Sharp Angle. <laughs>